are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I was telling my staff yesterday, as you per- turn to Proverbs 23, I was telling my staff yesterday in prayer time that um, during this shutdown that we're experiencing the virus and all that's happening and trying to open up our schools, and the schools will open right on time, September 2nd. But you know, sometimes I feel so spiritual. And sometimes, even throughout the day, I feel so far away from God. And sometimes I just love praying. There are moments through the day, I just love it, I enjoy it. And sometimes I don't feel like praying. Sometimes as I'm reading my Bible, I've had so many great truths come every day that I thought, wow, that's great, I need that. And then sometimes I don't feel like reading my Bible. I love gardening and I feel like sometimes working in my yard and then I've got plans to work on it. I said, I don't feel like working in my yard. I don't know if you've experienced those same things, but I have. I, I brought this with me. I, I just put it in my Bible. I'm, it's not part of my Bible study that it could be. I read it from a preacher who just not long ago passed away from a book, and I'm reading his book, and I caught my eye uh, just recently, and I, I had one of the secretaries run this off for me. He says in this book, as he's writing to servants of God, sometimes you feel like quitting and running away. That's the worst thing you can do. Resigning from your church, giving up your Sunday school class, leaving the deacons, abandoning the choir, will never, never solve the problems or meet the needs in our heart. You'll probably meet the same situation, the same people with different names at the next ministry you accept. Why? Because God doesn't allow his servants to run away from their problems. We must face them. It's human to want to run away from a tough situation. Many Christians have done it. Many more have wanted to do it. Moses had such a difficult time with Israel, he wanted to die. And he asked God, kill me. Elijah had such a difficult time, became so discouraged, he deserted his post, he went to the wilderness, and he asked God, please, God, will you keep me, kill me? Then he said this, in college, I learned this, remember to always keep chin up and your knees down. When you're going through adversity, keep your chin up and your knees down. Daylene, God used you to sing that song tonight. And Melissa, God bless you. Proverbs 23, we're just staying here in a moment. We're gonna be jumping around. And um, Proverbs 23 is my favorite chapter in the book of Proverbs. There's about eight or nine different subjects here. Nine times he mentions the heart. Everything, everything in life revolves around the heart. And I wanna bring that heart. We talk about the heart here, but really the heart is here. And I want to begin a, about a three-week study with you that I hope will be a help and encouragement to God's people. 
I have this wonderful prayer journal that I love, I enjoy it, and uh, I wish it could be as real as I make it sound to be, and it is real. I just don't want to over embellish. I have at times early in the morning or late at night fallen asleep on my knees praying, and I'm not proud of that. But uh, this old flesh is weary. But I go to my first section and I always look at my purpose, why I'm here. And for me, it's a tenfold purpose, and I know what it is. It all starts and begins with the letter C. I won't go into that. Then I begin to pray for Jack Treber. Uh, and the next five pages of my prayer journal has nothing to do with my wife. And when I get to her, I, I'm praying that God would not change one thing with her. Uh, I don't deserve who I have, so that's up to her and God, what God wants to do in her life. I pray that God would give her strength and courage to live with someone like me and, and uh, to, to keep running the race and things of that nature. <clears throat> but I don't ever ask God. It's not my job to change her. She's just, I, I, I'm undeserving to live with her. Proverbs 23 is my favorite chapter, and I love the chapter. In my prayer life, my journal, I get to a section where I say, God, today I give you, and I sing songs often. I have them written in there. They're typed and taped in there. Take my life and let it be. God secrete. Take my eyes, my ears, my hands, my feet, my mouth. And, and I go through that, but I say, Lord, I want to give you today my mind. And you know, normally when I say that, I laugh. And I said, I've been doing it for years. It's not much up there, Lord, but what's up there, I give it to you. And I want to give you my eyes. And I want to give you my ears. I want to give you my mouth, my hands, my feet, my life. God, I want to be at your disposal today. Whatever he wants from me, his will, I'll obey. My life, Lord, is yours to control. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord. All these songs I have in my journal, they're to sing. I don't sing them every day, but I do sing them. And I'm so thankful for that journal. And I want to bring to your attention today, in these days in which we live, you're going to have to get your heart, your mind under control. Because really all that we see and face, Pastor Cooper, is all discouraging. We don't have one person sitting in our Sunday school classes. We're not running our buses. We're, we're not going door to door in this area there. They're alarmed that we're getting Bibles out and we want you to stop that. And, and I understand we're still passing tracks and things of that nature. We're, we're not having socials with God's people. We're not shaking hands. We're not playing basketball. We're, 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 we're not even having church with people right now this week. It's easy to get this mind discouraged. And I cannot pastor this church with a discouraged mind. I need God's people to pray for my mind. And I want you to think about your mind. Mankind, let me read the verse and we're gonna to go to another text, many texts. Proverbs 23, seven. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The heart is your mind. The, the brain where the heart is housed 
is an incredible, it's, it, the brain is three pounds. Some have maybe a little less than three pounds, but it weighs about three pounds. It looks like a walnut. And inside the brain is three sections. And one of those sections is called the heart. And the heart is the thinking capacity of man, the, the emotional center of man. There are 12 billion, 12 billion, think of this, cells in the brain, 12 billion, and those 12 billion are all connected to another 10,000, where there's 120, 120 trillion cell connections in the brain. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. God designed that. And this brain controls our speech, our, our smell, our sight. Uh, it, 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 it controls our hearing. It controls our learning. It controls our attitude. It controls our spirit. Now, mankind is at a daily battle, and you're being very patient on the couch there. It's going to take me a while to get in this, and we'll wrap it up, and you'll see it. But mankind is in a daily battle with himself. My battle is not the county health director, nor the governor, nor the president, nor the deacons, nor the staff. My, my battle is myself. From birth to death, I fight Jack Treber. My battle, my war, and there, there's things we battle. We battle pride, and we battle, we have humility. Uh, there is unrighteousness and there is righteousness. There is hate and there is love. There is ungodliness and there is godliness. All of life is a battle. And the battle is always in the mind. We must protect our mind. That's why Paul said to a young man, flee youthful lust. You young teenagers, you young adults, so many times you make a decision in your youth and that decision is based on your flesh because your mind is saying, I deserve this, I want this, and then you live with regrets the rest of your life. And so we, all the way, we have uh, youthful sins. And then we have uh, these young adults and young couples and, and they're, if they're not careful, they're simple. The Bible tells them, particularly in Proverbs, they're simple. That is, they, they're not experienced yet. And so this couple and this couple think they can be best friends and hang out together every day and they love it. That, that, is, that is like uh, putting a fire around gasoline. That's, it's gonna always end in disaster. Bunch of you single adults, everything has to be, every weekend it's gotta be a party, every, every day, what are we doing tonight? What's going on? You are, are, are potentially having a formula for disaster. And it's going with your mind. I deserve fun, I'm bored, I wanna do something. Then there's, when you get older, what we call the midlife crises, and uh, I hope it's appropriate to say the change of life. And now your mind begins to really play tricks on you. And the older you get, you think it gets less, it gets more. And then this next group is what we call the empty nesters, really dangerous crowd. I've pastored for 40, almost 45 years in this church now. 
And the empty nesters always scare me. They've had those children around. Now the nest is empty. And sometimes a wife sits home and a man goes to work and he comes home and he's tired and she's ready to go do something and she's lonely. And then consequently he becomes lonely and he feels like a failure and she feels like a failure and they've un unfulfilled dreams. The circular driveway is not gonna ever happen. I failed in my life. And then there's Starting about age 50 and above, there's two things called with our mind, dementia and Alzheimer's. And most Christians think, and most people think, that dementia and Alzheimer's begins with the loss of memory. That's the last. Study it. You can see it for yourself. Loss of memory is the last. I watch it with people. When I see their judgment is impaired, it always begins. Dementia, Alzheimer's always begins with a lack of good judgment. And we sign business deals that are we would have never signed earlier, and, and we, 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 we sign things over in a will to somebody that we, 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 we just met. And, and we make dis, uh, deals and business deals and we make decisions because our judgment is not, it's impaired. We cannot, uh, people that are beginning down this path with their, their mind, their brain, they, they, they cannot make a good decision. They cannot form a good opinion. They still have their memory. They remember their children. They remember their, their marriage. They remember their wedding. They remember all these things, but their, their judgment is now impaired. And the second thing it always leads to, study for yourself, it leads to a spirit that is either cantankerous and everything is a complaint, we're just complaining all the time, nothing's right, or we become very quiet. And most of the time it happens in the same home. One mate gets cantankerous and one gets quiet. Because the mind is being attacked and the last thing to go is memory. And you can't even remember sometimes your mate's name or your children's name. And we have to understand that this mind of ours is so very important. We must protect our mind. Thou wilt keep him, Isaiah 26, 3, if you're writing it down, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose, what does it say? Mind. It stayed on thee. During this COVID, I, I fight having a good mind, a strong mind, a healthy mind, because it is all so negative. And when I get to that point, I try to always cry out and say, God, I'm thinking too much about this COVID. I'm trying to deal with it. I need to keep my mind on thee, for thou will keep him in perfect peace. His mind is stayed on thee. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, what's the things that are lovely, true, honest, good report, virtue? Think on these things. You cannot think all day long on COVID and be a positive person. You're ruining your mind. You're ruining your judgment. And we've got to, I, myself, I'm preaching, I'm speaking myself. For the Bible says in Acts chapter four, verse 20, for we cannot help but speak the things we have seen and hear, heard. There are four entrances to the mind. 
four entrances to my mind, so I have to be careful what I let come into my mind. Entrance one is two eyes. That's two. Two entrances, what I see. I can't help but speak the things I've seen. So I've got to put my eyes on things that are good and virtuous and lovely. I'd put my eyes, if you can, on a sunset. I'd put your eyes on a sunrise. I'd put your eyes on the stars. I'd put your eyes on the moon. I'd put your eyes on the beautiful trees. I'd put your eyes on something that you could see, the beautiful flowers in the spring and the summer and the fall season of the year. I'd put your eyes on, on, on something that is, uh, when I consider the works of the hands, the sun, the moon, Proverbs, Psalm 8, the, the stars. Uh, you start to think, you, you see. And the other two are your ears. There's, there's four avenues to my mind, my eyes and my ear. Oh, be careful of the ears what you hear. Oh, be careful of the ears what you hear. That's why a lot of news is not good. You're hearing things that are hopeless. Oh, but I tell you what, at my, dad, my wife's sweet dad's funeral last week, we were there at the cemetery. It's a beautiful cemetery where her precious mother 50 years ago in October was buried. And now 50 years later, he's laid to rest next to his wife. And they have it on video. And while we're on video, right that casket, just the family, six brothers, two sisters, their families, just the family on the next day when we had the burial. All of a sudden, I, someone was videoing it and, and, and you hear, I can't make the sound of a bird, but chirp, 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 chirp. And the beautiful trees that early morning and, and how it just looked there and, and then all of a sudden that bird chirping in the background. That's a sound that God wants me to hear. That song that was just sung, that, that, that song will affect my mind. You know, Daylene came up here and sang some rock and roll song or some ditty about, I worship you, Joe, 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 God, I worship you, God, I worship you, God, God, I worship you, I adore you, God, I worship you. It, it agitates me. Most of that worship song, I hear them from time to time, people sing them, and not around here, and they're, they're dull, they're negative, they're boring, they're, 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 they're not, there's no brightness. Musically, people who, are, people who are writing this do not have a background in music structure. I promise you that. They're not building on a sequence of chords. It's just weird. And it gets you mad, it gets you frustrated. I don't want my mind having this. I, I wanna have songs like I sing the mighty power of God. I'm gonna get where I'm going, trust me, because I've gotta stay on course for next week. So our eyes and our ears, that's why the, you're not gonna like it, I'll tell you anyway, because you're not here to yell at me. The public school is so dangerous because it's full of humanism. Mr. Biden said yesterday, that he welcomes more teaching of Islam in our public schools. Well, why would a Christian want to send their kids to a place like that then? In that school, they're taught how they can have an abortion, how they can have a boy fall in love with a boy, 
how that they can, uh, the family values and heritage and government and freedoms that we enjoy, uh, uh, you, 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 that's, that's, not, that's not important. It's all about you. You want to burn the flag, burn the flag. You want to protest, protest. You want to tear down somebody's building, go ahead and do that. But you know it, what we've done, we've redefined America so our mind, how can, how can politicians sit by and say, they have a right to destroy these buildings because their mind is seared. And you know what we have going on in the church? We're redefining the church. And when we redefine the church, through the eye gate and the ear gate, all of a sudden now we believe that the, the purpose of the church is play, it's party, it's sports, it's fun, it's amusement. That's not the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is to preach the word and to teach the word. And the purpose of the church is my house shall be called a house of prayer. But t t tell me, how many churches you know that are even having prayer meetings? Prayer might be two elderly ladies gathered together and maybe uh, after church some older men gathered together. But where, where are the prayer meetings? The bleachers are filled for basketball. But where are the prayer meetings? Where, where is the publishing glad tidings and door to door? And where is guarding the truth? Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write it to you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. Hey, preacher, when was the last time you in your pulpit in your church, you stood for anything of righteousness? Well, people have to figure out what they believe. No, that's not, you're a preacher, you're a pastor, you're the shepherd. Church should be a place of singing because all this is going to affect the mind. And so we have to guard it. The Supreme Court said three times that in 1892 and 1931 and 1952 that this is a Christian nation. But we're living like anti-Christians today, even in our churches. I'm getting where I'm going, trust me. So I listen to a person's speech. And when I hear a person's speech, I can tell where they're going with their action. I used to think, I, I don't want to be a pastor because it's so difficult to understand people. People are so easy to understand. Just don't talk and listen for about two minutes. You'll figure out who they are. You'll figure out what's, what's really in their mind. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of 1 Samuel and chapter 27. Now we get to our text and I'll wrap it up, but we'll pull it together. Because tonight I'm coming to you on behalf of your mind. Mothers and dads, you have to pour into your eyes and the ears of your children a good marriage, a good home, happiness. They have to hear daddy loves mama. Mama loves and submits to the daddy in the home. Children have to, see, they have to hear that. They have to see that. They have to see that mama thinks daddy hung the world. Daddy thinks mother's the greatest thing out so that one day and, and along the journey as he raises his family, he and his children can rise up and call her blessed. The reason why they should be doing that when they leave is because dad should have been instilling that in the kids all through life that mother's the best. Mom is great. Mom's a wonderful lady. I had, wish I had all three kids here because they would know when we used to have a, 
the only place to go grocery stop was over on El Camino at the Lucky's grocery store. And we would go over there and the kids would ride with me and would always play a game. Okay, letter A, alphabet. And, and I said, let's talk about what mom is. What is she? A, she's awesome. B, she's beautiful. We'd go around the car. C, she's an all caring. I was trying to make sure they understood because their eye gate and their ear gate is so important. Mates, we cannot put through the eye and the ear negativity and discouragement and hopelessness. In 1 Samuel 27, David traps himself. He traps himself, and he traps himself with his mind. He gets his mind out of control. And friend, it, it, it went so fast. Do you remember this is the man that in chapter 17 was fighting Goliath, the Philistine? And now in this chapter, chapter 27, he wants to join the Philistines? He got himself so worked up in depression that he said back in 17, is there not a cause? Give me those five smooth stones. I'll have something enter that boy's head. And he put it, slung that swing, that sling and, and, and hit him in the forefront of the head. And he went down, he cut his head off. He came back with that. And he said, here's your man. And now in chapter 27, from 17 to 27, he gets himself discouraged. Well, watch what happens. It always begins in the mind. And David said in his what? Heart. Your heart is your mind. You're going to have to be careful what you say in your heart. I'm going to have to say things that are lovely and true and honest and good report. I'm going to have to say good things with my mind, to my mind, because it's coming through my eyes and my ears. And I want, when I speak with my mouth, my ears to hear, blessed read up Calvary's mountain, one dreadful morn, walk Christ my Savior. I want to hear, um, alas, and did my Savior bleed. And did, I want to, I've been singing this week, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I want my ears to hear what my mouth is saying. And I want my song to be, I sing of thee, oh, blessed Christ, for thou hast saved me by thy grace. David said in his heart. It began in his heart, not in his mouth. It began and he said in his heart. You start thinking wrong. America will never be the way it was in yesteryear. No, it just might be better. God may send the third awakening. God may just stir this thing. God may give us one last opportunity for revival so that he can gather as many heathen in before the trump of God shall sound and the dead and Christ shall rise first and the, the, the tribulation begins. He just may be willing because of his character, not willing that any should perish, that all should come repent. He may say Christians get right because one more wave of revival is coming before the trump is blowing. Yeah, but I don't know. It sure doesn't look like it. Don't talk that way to me. Please don't talk that way to me. Please don't. Because it comes into my ears from your mouth and it goes to my brain and my brain says, they're right. 
they're right. My brain can tell me quickly. My heart can tell me real quickly. That's right. They're right. They're right. It's hopeless. There's no good. It can't happen. David said in his heart, protect your mind. Don't let anything come in here that doesn't belong in there. All through the day, say, God, right now, my mind, I've got some thoughts that I should not be having. I got some discouragement that doesn't belong in there. And dear God, I want you to give me great victory because I want to live on the winning side. And right now, I am claiming the blood of Jesus Christ and that power in that blood. And God, I don't know, these, uh, these thoughts are from the wicked one of my stinking, lousy flesh, but they're not good thoughts. And I want thoughts that are filled and start quoting scripture. Take the word of God, every verse you know, say, all I know is John 3, 16, then say it every way you can say it. For God, so loved the world. I tell the boys in the preacher boys class, go in the mirror room, we have a mirror room, and just take John 3, 16 and preach every two words. For God, I want to tell you, audience, today as I'm preaching the word of God to you, there is a God. God created the heavens and earth. Jesus is God. Just talk about for God and who he is and his character and characteristics and what God can do. And God can do anything but fail and tell some stories and tell some things. For God so loved. I have a God that's not a God of hate and looks like some mean monster. I have a God that loves me. He loves red, yellow, black, brown, white. They're all precious. God loves me. The world, for God so loved the world. Oh my goodness, he died for him to go through all the country. Preach to yourself. Read the scripture. Read it out loud. Blessed is he that readeth and heareth the words of this prophecy. God said if you just read it and hear it read and keep it, Revelation 1-3, he said, I will bless you. He said in his heart, now it comes to his words, because your mind always leads to an action. I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. I shall now perish. When our mind gets depressed, when we've allowed things to enter in here through the eye gate, through the ear gate, when we allow them to get in here, we begin to think it's, it's hopeless. And then all of a sudden, I, I can talk to someone. I know exactly where you're at. I've taken psychology. I've taken logic class, but I didn't need logic class. I didn't need philosophy class or psychology class to understand human being because if you'll just listen to people, in a heartbeat, they'll be able to tell you what's going on in their mind. And most people's conversation is very negative and very hopeless and very wearisome. And when people begin to speak about, oh, America, or everything's so bad, or I just can't go on, or, I'm so lonely in life, I'm so sad in life, they have filled their mind with that which is going to destroy them. So it always goes from the mind to the mouth. And it always leads to an action. Now David said in his heart, starts in the brain, in the mind, I shall now perish. That's his words by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. I think I better run away. 
You know, Pastor, I've, I've watched so many people through, I've pastored a long time here. I've almost known without fail every time when someone leaves if they're running. And most of the time, Christians, you hear, not just here, any church in America, most of the time you're running. Moving in the Bible is always moving for the advancement of the work of God, the Word of God. God allowed Abraham to move from the Ur of Chaldees to a place where he appointed unto him. God wanted Jonah to move. There's nothing wrong with moving if it's a spiritual decision. See, I, I've told our church for years, I haven't said it in years, I, 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 I think it'd be so wrong for me to move for a bigger paycheck or a bigger house. Well, sure, Pastor. Well, it's just as wrong for you to leave for a bigger paycheck or a bigger house. What's the difference? I'm not saying you cannot move. I'm saying if you're going to move, make sure it's a spiritual reason. That's why when people move, they rarely tithe off the sale of the house because it's not a spiritual decision. I'm suggesting today that it begins to make a decision, an action. I'm going to escape to the Philistines. Now, let me give you one more and I'll close. And that action always leads to a decision that affects others. Look what verse 2 says, And David arose and he passed over with 600 men that were with him. When a father gets his mind all worked up, that he's depressed and negative, begins to say things he should not say and act in ways he should not, he can very easily take his wife and children outside of the will of God. I'm just tired. I, I just, I gotta, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna do it. It's dangerous because the decision is being made by the mind. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our actions will mirror our thinking. So now David takes 600 men. And if you'll slip on over to chapter 30 and we'll be finished. And it came to pass, chapter 30, when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag had smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. And they had taken the women captive that were therein, but slew not any, neither great or small, but carried them away, and they went on their way. And David and the people, verse 4, that were with him, lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. By the way, they're weeping so badly because a man got his mind out of control, got his mouth engaged, saying the wrong thing, got his actions going wrong, and he affected 600 men, and now they come to the city and their wives and their children are captive and the city is on fire and they're weeping. There was no reason for them to weep had David stopped it in his mind. And the David, David was, was greatly distressed. He thought he had problems back in, in chapter 27. He was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of the people is grieved and every man uh, for his sons and his daughters but here's the first good thing David did. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David inquired, verse eight, of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after the troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, 
pursue. And verse 10, David pursued. And he got him back. But the tragedy is his decision affected his life and those around him. We need to be so very careful with this mind. Because when we begin to put things in through our eye gate and through our ear gate into this mind that are not Christ-like and glorifying to God and they're not His will, our mind becomes polluted and we'll believe a lie. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.